So are you guys familiar with that show, Whose Lines It Anyway? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. They're, um, they're, they're giving Greg topics, Proops, right? Yeah, Greg Proops, I think. Uh, Styles. Host it in the UK. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. So yeah, yeah. basically the guys are given subjects and they have to create a skit from that. Yeah. And yeah, that's I don't right. know if you noticed. It's, it's, like, it's like an off-the-cuff thing, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. And this is exactly what the Smashing Security podcast has become. It's like they take our show notes and create an episode from that. <laughs> hey, we were first with non-fungible tokens, right? <laughs> You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 54 of the Host Unknown podcast, which, let's face it, is a life half-lived. Um, yes, episode 54, blimey, or 57, whichever. Anyway, Andy, how are you? Uh, not too bad, can't complain. Um, I know there was a bit of a panic earlier this week when TikTok went down, but uh, it was brief-lived. <laughs> uh, it was only for an hour. Entire nations got more sleep than normal. Yeah, I know I uh, did send about 600 messages during that hour. Yeah. (laughs) As I was finding things to do. Is it up? Is it up? Is it up? Is it up? Oh, dear. Yeah. um, And uh, Jav, how about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm really happy. I've got a new desk, actually. It's uh, one of those stand-up desks. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm still waiting for it to tell me a joke, but other than that, it, it's oh, actually... hey, but oh no, 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 no. But I tell you, I tell you one thing though. This this morning, um, I don't know if you saw. There's the Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather had a had a press conference. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know I hate the Paul brothers, but you got to hand it to them. Logan Paul, what he did is he during the press conference he took um, Mayweather's hat off him. And he goes, I got your hat, I got your hat, I got your hat. And then he was like running. And there was a big kerfuffle around it. Yeah. Within like a couple of hours, he had merch on his store with I got your hat. He even had a tattoo on his leg done saying I got your hat with a with a with a little pee cap on it. <laughs> which, you know that, that was the first time I've seen um I've actually rooted for Mayweather. Like <laughs> yeah. in anything, because I just think Logan Paul is such a twat for doing it. Like, you know, he was right in front of him and he was actually getting choked, going, I got your hat, I got your hat. Like, like he's won something, but no, not a fan. Not a fan get, get, at all, but I, I, I just begrudgingly give kudos to the marketing genius <laughs> that I got well, your talk, hat. It has to have been pre-planned, right? Because to have your merchandise up that quickly, you know, surely, surely it has to be pre-planned. It felt like it, but, you know. But nonetheless, obviously, yeah, very good, very good. Maybe we should have um, something, uh, uh, some host unknown podcast stuff done like that. You know, like, can you hear me? Is this on? Can you hear that? Are (laughs) the jingles working? We know it's tacky to have uh, merchandise based on your podcast. It is. You know, even a sticker is tacky, right? (laughs) So, so, so what, what, what you need to do is you have to have merchandise made up that says "smashing security," and then underneath, I heard it on Host Unknown first. Hey. <laughs> oh, that would be brilliant! That would be brilliant. Oh dear! Right. Well, I, I think I, I might just get onto the Moo store and get some stickers made up. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what have we got coming up for you today? So. This week in InfoSec takes us back to a time when a young man from Southeast Asia was just looking for free internet access and then accidentally shut down the UK parliamentary email system. Uh, Rant of the week is, well, it can, absolutely. Rant of the week is just the tip, I promise. Billy Big Balls is the textbook definition of someone who has ice in their veins. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest InfoSec news from around the globe. Tweet of the Week brings back one of the stars of the original lockdown, Carol Baskin. Oh, God, I know this story. Uh, on, the show, <laughs> on, this, on this show, short people jokes are not offensive, whereas we, we've clearly established they're the, considered the height of comedy. And that is all we have to say on the topic of little people this week. So 
Andy, let's go uh, straight over to you, shall we, for... This week in InfoSec... See, it almost sounds like uh, you're in a different location, Tom. We can come back to that at the end of the show. Um, (laughs) So this is the part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane to remember why the industry is like it is uh, and to remind ourselves how everything new is old and everything old is new. Um, So the first thing I will mention is that although we liberate content from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account, upon checking some of the details of these stories, uh, they're often out by a few days. Um, So, you know, when the actual event originally occurred, so whenever I say date, uh, unless I've double checked it, it's always got a margin of error for about a week. so I just thought I'd mention that. And so the first should, show we've should got we re- Should we rename it to this week or maybe last week or maybe next week in InfoSec? Yeah, why not? And uh, keep okay. that, that background music as well. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get the jingle redone. Yeah. So uh, this first story is about a guy I will always seize the opportunity to mention. Um, it is from a mere 31 years ago, from the 4th of May, 1990. Uh, Robert Tappan Morris was sentenced to three years probation, fined $10,000 and ordered to perform 400 hours of community service. Uh, And his crime was for releasing the Morris worm in 1988, two years earlier, uh, and then becoming the first person convicted under the new uh, Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, the the CFAA. and so just as a reminder, like the Morris worm, as it became known, was released in November 1988 uh, from the computer lab at MIT, where Bobby Boy was a student. And all my life, I believe that that Morris worm was created to highlight security flaws on Internet connected systems, um, because that's what I read. And, you know, as a purveyor of urban legends, I continue to push that story. Uh, however, and I think we did cover this back in November but there was an update at the time that was missed. Uh, so a clarification was made um, by Paul Graham. This was about you know seven months ago, the, the sort of 30-year anniversary, or 32-year anniversary. Um, and then Wikipedia was updated following that revelation. So if you don't know Paul Graham, um, he and Robert Morris started ViaWeb, uh, which they claimed to be the first software-as-a-service company. Uh, it was acquired by Yahoo in 1998, later became the Yahoo Store, um, he writes essays, which is still very popular to this day, like 15 million views a year. Um, but in 2005, he and three others, uh, and one of those three was Robert Morris again, um, they started um, Y Combinator, um, you know, the startup incubator, which has since funded the likes of Airbnb, Dropbox, Stripe, Reddit, um, you know, loads of companies that they've uh, been responsible for. Fund. But anyway, you know, the what Robert Morris was originally famous for, not just having a famous father, uh, who was a cryptographer, um, but he exploited holes in the Unix SendMail program, Buffer Overflow in the network service, and he basically created this worm, and he didn't intend for it to be actively destructive. Instead, it was just to you know highlight the weaknesses in all these systems. Um, but what happened was, as it spread, it became more and more damaging. It was, you know, spread much faster than you originally planned. So it was programmed to check whether each computer was already infected. But because he was thinking ahead, he thought that some sysadmins might actually counter this by, you know, just putting instructions saying, "Yes, we're already infected." So what he did was write in the worm, regardless of whether it's infected, just copy itself fourteen percent of the time, just in case it's a false positive. Um, 14% of the time. Yes. But then obviously, you know, the way it spread, and it didn't sort of check whether it, uh, you know, infected a host previously. It just ended up infecting hosts multiple times. Uh, you know, even and each additional infection would slow the machine down, you know, to the point it just became unusable. Um, obviously, these days, we would just categorize that as a denial of service attack or some form of dog yeah, attack. Yeah. Um, but back then, this was, you know, known as a fork bomb. Um, or you know, also in the uh, in in the film Hackers, they refer to it as a rabbit. Um, but this man, big piece of history. Um, like I said, we did speak about him in November. I thought it's worth mentioning again. Uh, you know, with the corrected intention of that worm. Um, 
so back then, the internet was partitioned for several days whilst regional networks were disconnected uh, from the backbone and, uh, you know, patched to prevent recontamination. Uh, the Morris worm prompted DARPA to fund the establishment of the CERT at Carnegie Mellon University, uh, which gave experts a central point for coordinating responses to network emergencies. Um so a big piece in history, you know, this guy, Robert Morris, has done so much for what we see in the industry today. And, um, you know, if you don't know his name, look him up because so much is about because of him. So the second story I have is only from 21 years ago. And this is from 4th of May 2000. Uh, and it was a time, and I remember distinctly, you know, this week looking down on all those mail administrators uh, who were in a world of pain while I was sitting comfortably in front of my ultra secure and painfully user unfriendly Lotus Notes client. Um, the uh, I love you worm spread worldwide, infecting an estimated 10% of internet connected computers. Uh, and yep. its all was never prosecuted because the Philippines didn't have any relevant laws. <laughs> so, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So he was actually uh, tracked down um, in, oh, when was that? I think it was 2000, um, by a guy you may have heard of called uh, Jeff White, um, author of The Lazarus Heist and uh, VeriousCrime.com. Uh, so, yeah, so he tracked down this guy, a Filipino guy called O'Neill de Guzman, who's now 45 years old uh, as of now. Um, so he unleashed the love bug worm to steal passwords so he could access the Internet without pain. And he never actually intended for it to go global. Um with that one so yeah he says he does regret the damages code cause i didn't expect it would get to the us and europe i was surprised uh, so, and, and, and i regret not being able to holiday there now yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah i so say the love bug pandemic as they, they call it did begin on the uh, 4th of may 2000 and victims received an email attachment entitled love letter for you uh, and it contained code that would overwrite files, steal passwords, and then automatically send copies of itself to all the contacts in the Outlook address book. Uh, and so within 24 hours, it was causing major problems across the globe. Uh, and they state reportedly infecting 45 million machines. Um, it wow. overwhelmed, yeah, overwhelmed organizations, email systems, and some IT managers disconnected parts of their infrastructure to prevent the reinfection. So much like, uh, you know, the, those dealing with the Morris worm 22 years earlier, uh, you know, the solution was still just to disconnect and, uh, you know, try and start again. It's um, still, still to get the fire axe and to go through the, you know, chop through the fiber connecting you to the outside world. Yeah, why not? Just put the axe through it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, with all these things, the estimates of damage ran into the billions of pounds, oh, yeah. um, you know, yeah. as they do. But, uh, yeah, in the UK, Parliament was, uh, had to shut down its email network for um, several hours to protect itself. And reports that the Pentagon was also reportedly affected. Um, which is strange because, you know, this worm actually used similar tactics to the Melissa bug that was released in the previous year. Uh, so it does highlight, you know, sort of how fragile these huge systems connected to the Internet were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were. And it also underscores why Internet, the Internet should be available to all. Yeah. And it, I guess that's one of the other things is, you know, back in 2000, um, probably not you know, maybe some of the younger generation don't realise you had to pay via dial-up to access the internet. Via dial yeah, Wi-Fi was around, but it was very early days and certainly not in the public. So yeah. you had to have somewhere to plug into as well. Um, but, but yeah, I remember getting a £400 bill because I left my um, ISDN lines running accidentally. You had ISDN um, lines at home? Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't ISDN. It was the it was the home ISDN. The uh, what was it called? It was a BT product, wasn't it? Um, Two sixty four k lines. Oh, bonded. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and so I bonded them, and then had my exchange server because, of course, why wouldn't I have an exchange server at home? Uh, checking, um, you know, and it was supposed to dial up twice a day, and it basically dialed up something like every twenty minutes, um, and stayed online for ten minutes. You know. Oh. Jeez, yeah, just get your email. So literally, down. the bill came in. It was like, 
<laughs> it took him a few months to pay off. Yeah. Best quality. Best quality. Uh, so, so just to, to add to the um, I Love You story, um, Jeff White actually does a really good account of it in his book as well, like crime.com. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if you haven't read That's... the book, are you are you on some kind of commission, Joe? Because that's the second or maybe third time you've promoted that book. You know, you know and I, it's been a long time since I picked up a, a security issue related book that yeah. really that was so well written, and I really enjoyed it, and I actually learned a lot from it. Fair um, enough. I, do you know? What? I did mean to buy it last week when you when you last mentioned it, and I forgot. So. Um, if if we ever get to the end of this episode, then I'll I'll I'll, I'll do it then. I I'll post my Amazon affiliate link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, if you can earn a penny off it, then why the hell not? You know, yeah, we 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 got we got bills to pay after all. Excellent. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for this week's. This week in InfoCert. So I'm just going to add a uh, honourable mention here, because I know this is one, Jav, you sent around earlier in the week. It's not strictly InfoSec, um, but it was a mention from Michael Dell, who this week, 37 years ago, founded Dell Technologies. Um, and I'm not disputing the version of events which he posted himself on LinkedIn, but uh, you know, as I have started checking the... Uh, <laughs> The veracity of these stories. Uh, official records show that Dell was actually founded the 1st of February 1984, not in May 1984. Um, even so, like even his LinkedIn shows that he has been at Dell for 37 years and four months rather than 37 years. So, but nonetheless, from the time he sold his first PC or something like that, rather than when it, the company was founded something well potentially it's just in his own words he says 37 years ago today in 1984 ah. dell technologies was founded um but you know like i say we're not really we don't really get hung up on facts on this show right so, no but uh, ne- never let the truth get in the way of a good story exactly but it was uh it's just uh good to point out you know this guy you know he survived Nero, which competed with the likes of ibm compact packard bell gateway um you know the the lot but i always remember michael dell um due to a fake news story that was published uh, published at the time by a company called satire wire uh, and they used to do sort of fake press releases and story this was like you know really early days like 2000 um and yeah. people believe still believed a lot of this stuff because it looked official um i sent one around the company and our ceo actually raised it at a conference about something that was happening not realizing it was a joke um, and this was about uh, uh, Bill Gates was trying to paint in, uh, ones and zeros. <laughs> and he raised it as a thing about how, why you can't have these copyright laws to protect all the, like, it was just so embarrassingly funny. Uh, oh. But they did a story about uh, all the, sort of the rich people, Larry, you know, Lawrence, Larry, uh, Ellison of Oracle fame. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill Gates and Michael Dell was also on that list as people that never got college degrees. Um, at that stage, you know, they, they left education early and have uh, it regularly but make you know top. top I, 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 but I, but I, you, you're absolutely right. But I read something the other day, you know, and it said something like all these people, um, you know, all, are all dropouts. Yes, but they dropped out of college, not tenth grade, you know, basic reading. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yes, they're dropouts, but they dropped out at a certain level. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, if you want to see a, a whole other bunch of dropouts? Just go to your local job centre and see the people queuing up outside, <laughs> or listen to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, I've got a little—it's almost a cheap plug as well—but a little thing to follow up on that, which is a real, you know, happy fucking birthday for you, uh, for, for Dell here. So there, there is a new CVE being released. Um, and it's basically saying hundreds of millions of Dell computers are at risk due to multiple BIOS driver privilege escalation flaws. So apparently um, Dell computers from the last 12 years uh, have a certain vulnerability that may be exploited to escalate, uh, to locally escalate to kernel mode privileges. And that is uh, for all of you uh, uh, nerds out there, CVE 2021-21551. 
Uh, and the link is to Sentinel Labs, my lovely employer. That really was a cheap blow. That was a cheap blow, especially because you were saying all these words, which were just I have no words. idea what they meant. No. <laughs> I have no idea. But, you know, it's about Dell. It's their birthday. Why not give them the gift of 12, 12 years' worth of your computers are now vulnerable? You know, I thought that was quite funny. Anyway, anyway, let's move on because time's occurring. Let's move on. Uh, Jav, I think it's you for this week's... Listen up! Rant of the week. It's such a mother rage! Okay, so Twitter has introduced a tip jar. As if between all the Patreons and other virtual tip jars and panhandling, we needed another one. Pay me for my tweets, people. Um... <laughs> So there is that, which I, I I could semi-rant about, but I won't. I mean, okay, let, let me just delve into that a little bit, yeah? Stop being, <laughs> stop being digital beggars, people. That, that's all I'm going to say about that. If you go online, it looks like the... the, the uh, no, I'm not going to go there. Okay, uh, now... Um, are, you, are you not going to go there because Host Unknown has a pay us some money tab on their page? <laughs> No, because I was going to say something that I know you two would find. Well, you, Tom, being your woke self, will, will, will be so outraged about that. People that are listening who, who would let that slide would just be going, oh, no, I need to be outraged too. And then I'll have pictures. Okay. So, um, okay. So Twitter's introduced the tip jar, except when you use PayPal to send the tip. The way that PayPal works is it also sends your registered address too. So the way it works, like I, I see tweets by Tom Langford. I say, oh, he's he's a good tweeter. He works very hard for his tweets every day. I should send him like you know, two pound fifty so he can buy buy himself a, a fancy coffee. And I, I, send I work very very hard for my retweets anyway. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. And uh, I I send them the money, and it also gives you my address. Uh, which is registered with uh, PayPal because that's how it, it works with um, you know services and goods that you per purchase. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a privacy fail, you could say. Um, yeah, you know it doesn't happen when you pay uh, a friend because that's a direct friend to friend or through email thing. But when you do it this way, it it's filed under a a service <coughs> or a good. Um, so so you know. I think the important thing to realize it's not a Twitter issue. Twitter's implemented it, but it's a PayPal feature, I suppose. Um, and when it was designed, I suppose it didn't really um, take into account that people would be using it for, for this kind of thing. They they would always assume that, oh, people are buying off eBay and they want an address so they can post the, the item to and to prevent the fraud of like where someone buys yeah. and gets it dropped. Yeah, absolutely. All that kind of stuff. Now, um, that's that's a bit of a privacy fail, and these things happen, so I'm not really ranting about that. Oh, what is he really ranting about then? So Whitney Merrill on Twitter, uh, if you follow her, it's WBM312 is her Twitter handle, uh, and you say, oh, I've got a weird one. Anyway, <laughs> she's uh, she's really good. She's like a, a lawyer and advocate and all, all sorts of things that I don't really understand, but I follow her because she's got some good insights. And she's the one that first uh, raised this issue, or she, I, I, on my timeline, she's the first person I saw who raised the issue, and she said, "Okay, it's a privacy fail," um, you know, and, and she went into the details of why it's not a Twitter issue, it's a it's a PayPal issue, uh, and blah de blah de blah. And obviously, other people started jumping on this, and they started testing it out by sending each other tips and then posting their screenshots and saying, "Yes, it is. It's a huge failure. Shame on you, Twitter." You know, jumping on the bandwagon and all the all the things. And so Whitney, uh, and, and normally she, she she doesn't ever go on a rant or anything, but she goes, me, an expert in the field, advocates for changes with folk who can make the changes happen, makes actionable suggestions for improvements. Very mm -hmm. good. I wish more people would follow that process. Then she goes on to say, someone else screams and just points out failures for the clicks, takes all the credit. Um, I spend so much time and thought on sharing knowledge here. What's the point? No one seems to care. I always thought the point was to share important knowledge and advocate for change, but the reward system here virtually doesn't necessarily line up with that. It rewards sensationalism, not nuance. And uh, 
I, I feel her pain. I feel her pain, to, to be honest. And I, I'm ranting on both sides of the of the of the story here, uh, on both sides of the fence. Uh, on one hand, I do agree the the you know the system is kind of broken. Like credit is not given where credit is due, and uh, you know people do follow the clicks and sensationalism. That that's absolutely a given. Uh, on the other hand, I'm going to rant in, against this point now. <laughs> it's if if you're a a thought leader in any in any field, yeah, it doesn't have to be security, but we work in security, so let's take security for an example. And I spot say say I've spotted something, and I say, oh, this is an an issue. Uh, my intention should be that uh, the more people that know about this and hear about it and are able to fix it, the better. Uh, yeah. If I'm more concerned with getting the credit for it or people being super experts on on all the nuance and detail of it, then I feel I'm being disingenuous about it. Uh, yeah. And you can't stop people having opinions on things. So, so you know, it, it's you know, it's like when people watch sports and every people who've never played the sport, but they watch the sport and they're passionate about it, they would always say, "Oh, the ref should have done this, the the coach should have done this or that, or or, or the player should have done that." You know, that that's just part of being part of the, that ecosystem. You might not be the fighter in the cage, but, you know, it doesn't stop you from yelling, kick him in the head or, you know, reverse the chokehold <laughs> or whatever. The experts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so, you know, I think it's a good thing. I, I, I genuinely think, like, you know, plagiarism is a bad thing. P passing something off as your own work and, you know, try and take all the credit for it, that's definitely bad. That's definitely toxic. But if someone is taken work that you've, put out there and they're just amplifying it or they're they're putting their own and adding their two pence onto it and and sharing it wider i think that's that's a good thing i mean you know the industry already struggles with getting a voice heard beyond our echo chamber yeah, yeah. So, the, so the more people we can actually invite into that process and and allow them to to amplify it beyond the, those hardcore um sort of like you know insiders you could say uh, the better it is, is for everyone. So uh, I, I think that that's that's kind of my rant of the week. I think let, let's, you know, if it's something that's with your job and you, you're making money from, fine. But if you're putting out good content, people do see who you are and they will give you the respect and recognition, even though it might not feel like it at the moment because someone else is getting more tweets. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I, I you know, Whitney's obviously, uh, you know, very very uh talented and an expert in her field and obviously gets shit done and all, all that sort of stuff but i think she she's picking the wrong fight on twitter if you see what i mean you know if if, if you're raising this on twitter and then wondering why you're not getting the, the 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 credit for something i think that is entirely the wrong place to be uh to be worried about um i think she's right to be annoyed don't get me wrong you know because when other people are taking the credit and just you know, just for shouting and pointing and stamping their feet. That's that's really that's you know really annoying and upsetting, etc. Um, you know, especially when you know they they're getting all the clicks and they're getting all the followers and getting all the credit as a result. But yeah, if you're gonna you know discuss this sort of stuff and raise it on Twitter, you it's such a public forum that of course it's going to get hijacked. And history is littered with other people taking the credit for work, right? Always, yeah. you know, Tesla and um, what's his face, Edison. Um, you got Steve Jobs and um, you know, the rest Apple of the and, world. And, and, and no, and, and well, yeah, and the rest of the world, yeah. But uh, specifically, uh, Park, the Palo Alto Research Center of Xerox, and their their uh, initial, you know, Windows thing. That was where they, where they got that from. And then Windows, you know, and Gates and Jobs, right? You know, and that's but everybody's. It, and and many many more examples. It's security and and host unknown. Smashing security and host unknown is probably uh, you know that's the, the biggest uh, scandal, it, obviously. Yeah. That, well, I mean, yes, absolutely. But you know, we we don't harp on about it. We don't we don't you know they don't live rent free in our heads at all. We barely mention them on this podcast because we just let let it happen, and you know we're very pleased for that, their success and can. Can we get a you know a percentage, please? But you know, overall, I think it's yeah, she's in the wrong place to be complaining, right? Um, uh, notwithstanding, everything she said is absolutely right. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I remember like years ago uh, at B-Sides, I think it was what, the second or third one, a uh, friend of the show, Aaron Finn and Phoenix, he uh, yes. he gave a talk about, um, oh, what was the, I uh, just slipped my mind now. IDS? Uh, not IDS. It was the the, 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 the routers the, that have the uh, uh, unplug and play. Uh, oh, yeah, UNPMP. UNPMP, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that there was a vulnerability in it, and he and he and he went on. It was a really good talk. It was a technical talk, but he gave it there. And then a few months later, um, HD Moore, he was at Rapid Seven at the time, and uh, they they done their own independent research, and they found UPnP flaws in a whole bunch of routers that were in in America and South America, and and everything. And they wrote a big white paper on it. And being a big corporate, they obviously had a press release. They had everything and what have you. Yeah. And then there was lots of people that really annoyed, oh, you know, um, Phoenix done this first and he should get the credit and, and what have you. And they were like, well, you know, this was something we found ourselves as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but also it's like, I'm like, you should be happy. It's it's an issue you were talking about. And now bigger change is happening. Let's all be happy that things are getting fixed. There's plenty of things that need fixing. If, if people are bringing, you know, highlight, highlighting it, then... Let, let's not worry yeah. too much about who gets and it's problem. validating your work as well it's yeah. validating the, the, the importance of your work yeah absolutely so do you want to uh, do you want to drive change or do you want clout yeah yeah precisely yeah. if you had to choose yeah, one precise. or the other what, what's your priority yeah. yeah i mean me personally i'm after the clout every time <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you jav for this week's rant of the week all right, let's move on to this week's. And this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week uh, is, and you may well have seen this because it, it did go over a dash cam footage uh, showed the moment a gang of armed robbers in South Africa attempted a cash in transit heist. Uh, by chasing and firing shots into a bulletproof security vehicle, and I was watching it, and it was it was like watching you know a Hollywood heist movie. I have to say, um, uh, members of a private security company were transporting money in a truck in the northern city of Pretoria, um, April twenty second, when they were attacked. And it's a three minute video, and you know, trust me, it's a cliffhanger ending. If you if you you know that you do not get closure, I can tell you this. Um, but a security officer is seen driving uh, with his colleague, and both men were wearing bulletproof vests, obviously. But the thing that really got me was it. And sometimes with camera angles, it's hard to tell, right? And and um, you know wide angle cameras and all that sort of thing. This van looked tiny, absolutely tiny, like one of those little. Um, Isuzu I, I things, I don't even know what they're called, but those tiny little things. Because these two guys are sitting really close together. And then, you know, the driver says to his mate, basically, get the gun out. And he pulls out the biggest, like, rifle he can find. He can't can't do anything with it. What You know, he can't even, obviously he can't fire through the doors because the bulletproof glass. But he can't move it either because... You know, the, the, the barrel's stuck in the footwell and the, he can't even put the stock into his shoulder or anything like that because it's so tiny. So all I can imagine is this little, like, 700cc little tiny thing revving away um, and, of course, weighed down by all this bulletproof glass, which I'm glad is there because you see the shots hit and the glass spider. And these guys are just, you know, they're obviously tense, but they're pretty damn cool at the same time, just driving and at one point they seem to crash and you think oh my god i'm just waiting for people to you know come up along the side but oh my god these guys i i swear to god they would need a separate van for their balls i have to say <laughs> that's um, why the cabin's so small because yeah, the back seats have been reserved for for this guy exactly. <laughs> exactly but you know, but uh, you know, from what I understand, this is this is not rare at all in no. Pretoria and South Africa generally. This is a fairly common thing, and you know, so what someone said is uh, the comment I read was uh, that um, you know, really we have to just get rid of cash. You know, and in fact, this this is uh, an, an interesting point when it comes to you know cashless societies and 
you know, card based and all that sort of thing. But the fact that large amounts of cash are being driven around in a country where there is a, a lot of, um, you know, social injustice and disparity of earnings and all that sort of thing, of course, this stuff is going to uh, become very, very um, uh, sought after. Um, so, so it'd be interesting, I think, to see how this pans out over the next, you know, one, three, five years to see if there is a push for like some kind of, you know, cashless society in response to, we simply can't afford to drive large volumes of cash around or, or rather small volumes that fit into the back of this tiny little camper van thing <laughs> that we're driving. You know, so, wow. but yeah, I, I strongly recommend you watch the video it is fascinating and scary and you want to know what happens. I'm hoping they're going to release, you know, a uh, two guys in a little mini security van part two. So there is actually in the, uh, it's been dropped into the show notes. There's a, an insider.com article. Uh, and yes. they've got the aftermath of what the van looked like from the outside. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it is a Toyota pickup. Um, but you yes. see, like, you know, there was just no hesitation in attempting to kill these guys. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. you can see exactly where the bullets hit. And, um, yeah, fair fair play to these guys. I thought that guy was just so calm throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and driving like an absolute legend as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I'm surprised the thing didn't tip over on, on occasion. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, uh, seeing the pictures, yeah, you're right. It is one of those tied pickups, which Top Gear proven is indestructible. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a bulletproof glass. I think that was just the, the factory glass that was in the car as it was. <laughs> I, I well, also love, there's been a whole spate of memes, and one of the, my favorite ones was like, it's like the Liam Neeson one, like, you know, I'll find you, I'll hunt you. And and he calls up, and it's the, the driver on the other end, and then Liam Neeson's back going, My apologies, I've dialed the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Saying something in Afrikaans, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah very good. What what we didn't see, of course, was the um, was the mechanic who was keeping the engine running on the front, Top Gear style, <laughs> you know, <laughs> under the bonnet. Oh dear. So yeah, that was that was uh, uh, that was a great one, and that was uh, this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week. Speaking of cashless societies, you brought it up. Yeah. Um, surely this is still like hiring two Rambos is still cheaper than trying to secure your own cryptocurrency exchange and all the cyber stuff that you have going on. Hiring two Rambos? Like the guys, they're transporting the cash, actually. Oh, like, oh, I, oh I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, yeah, it depends how much value you place on human life, right? You know, and how how much insurance you have, mm. but, but but I assume these aren't the only two drivers in all of South Africa. <laughs> no, but they're the two that you want. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, yes, they please. are. Yes, they are. They definitely deserve a raise. That's for sure. Oh dear. Anyway, so Andy, I think it's that time, isn't it? It is. It is actually that time of the show where we head over to our news sources over at the Infotech PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry news. British Prime Minister's cell phone number exposed. Industry news. Fake vaccine domain seized. Industry news. Shoppers choose guest checkouts over security fears. Industry news. Misconfigs and unpatched bugs top cloud-native security incidents. Industry news. Cyber attack on Belgian Parliament. Industry news. Researcher claims Peloton APIs exposed all users' data. Industry news. Homecoming Queen Hacker to be tried as an adult. Industry news. Capture RX data breach impacts healthcare providers. Industry news. Financial firms report puzzling 30% drop in breaches as incidents Industry rise. news. And that was this week's... Industry news.
huge if true. Huge if true. Mm. There was um, that one about uh, the Prime Minister's cell phone number being exposed. Uh, did you was see that? Was that, that, to, was that to multiple single women all at the same time? Uh, <laughs> yeah, someone called uh, Jennifer. Would, uh, okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, this is, I don't even remember uh, Pop Bitch. It used to be like a uh, like a newsletter that would go around back in the days when newsletters were a big thing. It was all like plain text, did a lot of, um, uh, you know, it was quite edgy uh, back at the time, but it's actually on their website, um, you know, and someone yeah. made a joke about hope I don't butt-dial the Prime Minister um, because it was, it was stuck at his phone number. His mobile number was in this press release which had been sitting on the internet since 2006. Um, what? Back from when he was MP. So, yeah. In, so uh, it's it's in the public domain? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's not really an exposed. It's not really exposed, then, is it? Well, no. I think that's the point. It's it's actually been out there since two thousand and six. <laughs> Jesus, that's um, it, it just goes to show what a numpty, numpty. In fact, what a group of numpties we have at the moment in power. But this is not a um a political show. So yeah. why? Since when? <laughs> yeah, but rules. But but ragging on Trump doesn't count. Oh yeah, well, hasn't he actually? Hasn't it been quiet on Twitter and generally without Trump? Uh, it, it, I don't know. I left before Trump did. No, but not just Twitter, but everywhere. That like before he was on everything all the time. Do you know what I mean? I know that part of that was because he was the president. <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. Um, but you know, since his Twitter ban and Facebook ban and all that sort of thing. He's, he's virtually gone into hiding, not hide. I know he's not hiding. He's, he's not that sensible, but it's just so quiet out there. It, 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 on, almost, feels, it almost feels normalish now. <laughs> it like, does. Yeah, it does. Because literally every day it was a what's he said now? What's he done now? You know, I, I find it amazing. I find it amazing that we even got that far. Yes. So. Um, yeah, I wonder. Oh, and the other thing is saying uh, research claims Peloton APIs have exposed all user data. Yeah. I think that's the least of Peloton's problems at the moment. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I, yeah, read, the... I read the headline recently. I didn't read the full article about um, Peloton's uh, um, death machines. Peloton. Yeah, I was going to say there was a really funny uh, thing I saw from um, Alicia. Alyssa Miller, I think it yeah. was, and, and she did a list like reasons I won't buy Peloton. Uh, number one, yeah. overpriced for under-featured products. Uh, number two, the cultist nature of their community. Number three, their treadmills eat children. And yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. check yeah. notes. Uh, number four, they breach all that personal data, uh, including yeah. presence info that they've collected. Presence info? Yeah, so where you are, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, at that point oh, my God. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think you you would think, and I know that she was, you know, going for comic effect. You'd think treadmills that kill children or child at the moment that would be number one. <laughs> yeah, so you they've know? actually done a voluntary. Especially as it took them a week. Yeah, I was going to say they've done a voluntary Sorry, recall of, uh, of. They have after a week, after a week. Yeah. Where they initially said, "We don't think there's a problem." Yeah, yeah. So, so what it is, I think the way it's designed, like kids and pets and whatever, you can get dragged underneath, and that's what happened yeah. in this unfortunate six-year-old. But yeah. I think other than that, I think there was about seventy or seventy-five other injuries that were replaced, yes. reported due to using this. So, like people had like you know broken bones and stuff like that. So it's not a very well designed thing. Um, I, I think also they, they there was some reports of like the the console falling off it or something, and um, maybe that's how all of the APIs got exposed. Yeah, yeah. You'd... <laughs> but there was there was a film. There was a Hollywood film, and I've I've, I've been meaning to try and find it. it was, I think it starred Michael Keaton, and he was the inventor of you know some piece of exercise machinery. Um, and I think it was like a I think it was a dark comedy. Maybe it was a you know, uh, based on a true story. But this exercise machinery, if if not used properly or under certain circumstances, would basically trap and chop off people's fingers 
and it was it was about his fall from grace, as I recall. So if any of our listeners remember that film, uh, do do chime in. Um, one, it would be nice to to hear from you, and two, I'd like to find out the name of that film. But um, yeah, it sounds almost exactly like that. Anyway, anyway, Jav, you got anything you want to talk about in this week? I've been off all week, so no. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Right. In that case, let us move uh, straight on to this week's tweet of the week. <laughs> we play that one twice. Tweet of the week. So this <laughs> is a tweet from friend of the show, Cryptia. Uh, and it's three oh. simple words. Oh, Jesus, fuck, is what he says. <laughs> and he has taken a screenshot. Yeah, he's taken a screenshot from an article. And because it's a screenshot, I was always dubious as to whether or not it was a genuine story. But lo and behold, it is a real thing. Uh, and the article is headlined, Tiger King star Carol Baskin launches cat-themed crypto coin. Because obviously, of course, she does. Uh, so if you click through, there's a CNN article. It's, uh, it says, Tiger King star Carol Baskin is purring like a bobcat rolling in catnip after launching her own cryptocurrency. Um, and this is just, you know, the, the, the place where she works, obviously, the Big Cat Rescue says it will also launch uh, NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens. Uh, check last week's show if you want to know what that means. Um, and future plans <laughs> include a big cat metaverse for virtual visits with the cats. Uh, so I think, you know, she's trying to underpin it with something uh, tangible, but this just goes to show that anyone can create crypto coins. Um, and my God, what are we doing with this world? <laughs> but, oh, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know if after... You know the beginning of last year's success of Tiger King and and her, you know her, the raising of her profile and then her subsequent uh, winning of the court case and taking over of of uh, what's his name's you know Tiger Zoo or, or Big Cat Zoo and all that sort of thing. Whether this is just her next attempt to try and stay relevant, but I can think of better ways than a crypto coin. I mean, really. Uh, you might as well set fire to your money, surely. Well, it depends. If you're at the top, it's a Ponzi scheme, isn't it? Right. So yeah. the, the first one, yeah. uh, you know, gets all the reaps all the benefits. So, and I think I said this last week as well. So, uh, you know, with, with Bitcoin, you mine it, and it does computations and all that sort of thing. What do you do for this one? Do you, is it the same process? Uh, no, she actually says, uh, so she's put a tweet in as well. I'll copy that tweet into the uh, show notes. And she says, yeah. uh, we launched, and it's funny because it's got the dollar sign and it's uh, called cat for short, but obviously together it looks like we launched scat <laughs> you know, on, the, on the rally. Uh, rocketing up to number 35 out of 117 and thinking of ways to reward those who join our pride. Um, so yeah, there's nothing underpinning this at the moment. Uh, you know, I think this is, uh, someone just diverting attention from the fact that they may or may not have, um, you know, fed their ex-husband to tigers. Yeah. Probably yeah. did, but you know, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, you know, I, I just want to stay, say that, uh, but yeah. Oh my God. I, I mean, Cryptia just sums it up perfectly, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> what? What is happening? What is happening? I think I think on that note, uh, well, actually, on that note, thank you very much for this week's Tweet of the Week. Yeah, uh, listening. Sorry, I will get back to you. We will record our own podcast. Resume recording our own podcast very soon. <laughs> I've been ghosting him for, for, for a few months now. and uh, I've uh, come across people like you. People who ghost, you know, it's just, it's not nice. It's just, just not, not on, mate. Anyway, so thank you very much, gentlemen. We brought this in really quite quickly. Uh, well, that's mainly because of technical difficulties, lack of interest, lack of stories, or just we're getting more professional. You choose. Um, yeah, we brought this in well under the hour. So, yeah. Jab, are you now going to go off and record? The Jerick show and your uh, Cryptia show using all of our material. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
Who do you think I am? Graham Cluley? No. <laughs> Not all the material, just some of it. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, um, no, this week I didn't record the Jarek show because I was off. I only came into the office for, for you guys because I know without me, he would be a hot mess. And, and to be uh, fair, you did complain all the way you know, at the beginning that you didn't have time to record this today. So, yeah. you know, we do appreciate yeah, it. I'm, I'm it's, it's, Literally in five minutes, someone's coming to hopefully buy the treadmill that I've got for sale. So, okay, and it's <laughs> and it's also the third week of Ramadan, right? So, yeah, yeah, and and we, you know, we, I, I've got to put a sticker on the treadmill now saying certified not eaten any pets or children. So. <laughs> just just put a sticker on it saying vegan. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jav, for this week. Really appreciate it. Oh, no worries. You're welcome. And Andy, thank you, sir. What, what, what are you off to do now? Uh, I've got work to do. I think I'm the only person out of us that actually does tangible work that moves the dial on things in the oh, industry. So, yeah. You guys evangelize oh. and talk about the high-level stuff. Uh, I'm a doer. I, uh, I actually have to make yeah. things happen. Yeah, yeah. And we're the ones that tell you to make it happen. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you crack on. Yeah. You crack yeah. on. Yeah. You do your uh, blue sky thinking and I'll, I'll, I'll be like, uh, I'll be nodding on one side and uh, just doing something totally different uh, yeah, on the other yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. Anyway, thank you very much, Andy. Stay much secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Smashing Unknown podcast with Andy, Graham and Tom. If you liked it, please like and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your complaints on Reddit at r slash smashing security. And we're out. So, Tom, why are you at a youth hostel this week? Oh, well, you know, I like to I like to sleep around in other places. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. <laughs> anyway, I think I need to put some tweaks to my mobile rig, that's for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll maybe get it right next time. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>